Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for a very different stage of the Tour de France. I feel like we haven't had one of these for a week, and that is correct. We have not. We have finally have a flat stage. The peloton, I think, will be happy to see it too. From Moutier to Bourg-en-Bresse, 185 kilometers, pretty warm conditions, two category four climbs, 1.6k is 4%. The last one is 2.6k is 5%, 80k from the finish. And the finish is a little, a little uphill kicker, but nothing <laughs> like the, not like the Limoges finish at all. It's just a yeah. little uphill kick that I, uh, maybe Pedersen gets, a, and Philipson get a bit of an advantage from it against Groenewegen, but, you know, it's a sprint stage, but, we have a very tired peloton bench. We've just had five GC days in a row. We just had a 5,000-meter Courchevel Col de la Low stage yesterday. And we've got Alperson here with Jasper Philipson, who's won four of the five sprints, and the one he lost was a proper uphill drag in Limoges to Pedersen. I thought, and once again, I, I feel like, and someone said on Twitter, this is like the Flat Earther thing last year. Every breakaway formation, I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, okay, yep. we're going to see 10 teams fight for it. And then three teams go in the break. And I'm, every day, I'm just confused and you. Yeah, exactly. And you would say, yes, in some of these stages, they were actually like in that breakaway formation phases where Alps in control. But in the majority, the break went off. Some of them even returned to the peloton because they didn't want to be in a small breakaway in the first place. So in most of these stages, the breakaway formation wasn't that captivating or fascinating eaters so riders just went if they wanted to be in the breakaway so today three riders in the breakaway Kampenarts, Asgreen, Abrahamsen once again you've said it numerous times I'll take your take and repeat it so that you don't have to repeat it for the 17th rant in a row yes a team like DSM for example a team like Jaco has Groenewegen which has somewhat of a chance to win but I'd still say probably try to go in the breakaway to put pressure on Alpesin because Alpesin's basically destroying everybody else in the sprints these days. And all these teams don't go in the breakaway. And we see that the two teams, the three teams that go in the breakaway, or Asgreen with Kampenarts is a teams that lost their sprinter, basically. They're forced and, to. They have been yeah, forced to go in the break. Exactly. And Abrahamsen, that's a different situation. That's Unix have finally changed. Exactly. They, they've transformed. They, they've blossomed in something beautiful. And that's a three-man breakaway. And behind, we see the chase. DSM. Alperson and Jaco. And I, if you're not putting anyone in the breakaway, at least force Alperson to chase down the breakaway. Otherwise, you're letting them stay strong. But here's the problem with that. Now we're so deep into the race and Alperson have won so many stages, they will play the game theory game of chicken and say, we just will not chase because we've won four stages. Fuck you. You chase because you haven't won a stage. <laughs> have Jaco won a stage or DSM? So that's Alperson will play on that. They will not chase on their own. And so the obvious endgame solution of this is Israel, Ugo Ul, Guillaume Bovin, if he's here, this is your breakaway. Bora Hansgrohe, Nils Pollitt, this is your breakaway day. Magnus Court, 
Don't know what stage he's waiting for, maybe tomorrow. Intermarche with Turnison. DSM with Niels Eckhoff, who is very yeah. good on this sort of finish. By the way, if one man goes in the breakaway, he, I've said this a million times, he doesn't have a vampire-like power where he saps the energy from your own sprinter. If they so happen to be caught, your sprinter can still sprint, <laughs> as we saw with Christoph today. So, listen, you know, Matt Winston of the DS of DSM said on Twitter, you know, if we don't, if we don't know, if we don't try, we don't know. That is true once the break is gone, but it looked like their plan was never to put anyone in the break. And it's what I said yesterday. It's like they cannot go to their sprinter who's just made it over Col de la Lowe's and say, we don't, we don't believe you can beat Jasper tomorrow putting a guy in the break. Now, I think you should be able to have that conversation and say, listen, we think yeah. our best chance of winning is to make them use Vanderpool with 3Ks to go and Jonas Rickup with 5Ks to go. Um, so Philipson has nobody. But anyway... We get three in the break. I was annoyed, but and anything else happened before the uh, before the they kept it really tight though, Benji. I think that was almost yep. a mistake. They kept it like forty five seconds or a minute. Alperson were clearly still concerned about the three man breakaway. Yep, they were pretty concerned, and also because we were hitting towards a, a hill with roughly eighty kilometers to go. The gap was forty five seconds. You said it. They kept it relatively close, and if you keep it relatively close with a hill upcoming, that means that some riders will be like. Might as well jump to the breakaway. We saw multiple riders actually do that, but eventually it was a single man that caused a massive uproar. Pascal Einkorn, ex-Dutch champion, lotto rider, he basically tries to slip on the right side of the peloton past Alperson that is trying to block the road on this hill to make sure nobody can bridge to the breakaway. He does that and jumps back on the road just before he hits a blue car, so he got kind of lucky there. He hinders Alperson a tiny bit, we have to mention that. He hinders that Alperson domestic a tiny bit. That needs to get out of the way a tiny bit. But the overreaction that follows by Jasper Philipson is outrageous. He sprints to Ancorn. He maneuvers past him. Then he kind of like half chops in front of him. Then he moves to the right again. And meanwhile, he's talking to Ancorn. I don't, you can guess what he's saying at that point. He's clearly trying to bully Ancorn into not going bridging to the breakaway, right? Yeah, he should be fine. For, uh, and dock some points for intimidation. He's clearly trying to intimidate Encorn, both through his actions and, you know, if Encorn tells the commissaires what he said to him, I assume it wasn't something that friendly. So, pathetic. Pathetic from Philipson. You've yep. basically mathematically won green. You've won four stages. You're already blocking the whole road on the climb because you can't control a three-man breakaway. And you're basically trying to bully a guy on a team that hasn't won a stage is a pro Conti team now trying to do their best. And you guys have kept the gap too close, which is why he's trying to bridge to the breakaways. Your own fault. Pathetic. And Alperson have acted, you know, they're trained and Philipson like, like dicks for a lot of the race and they've not been penalized for it at all throughout the race. That's fine, whatever. But then you get behavior like this and it's a little bit too much for me. I didn't like it. So, yeah. um, it's because, us. You're, you're entitled to block the road and ride in a straight line. You're entitled also. He can chase down Encorn and sit on his wheel. Yeah. I also don't have any problem with that. You're just sitting on his wheel. That's a legitimate cycling tactic, whatever. But to actually try to close him off is, is yeah, loser behavior. So, anyway, the yeah. uh, Encorn gets across the breakaway. Uh, do you reckon he'll get fined for it? Encorn would have I... to complain, I think. I expect a fine. I don't expect more than a fine. As in, the rules allow them to disqualify for nah, even if they want. For it. 
but they won't disqualify him, nor do I feel like it's harsh enough in that singular moment to disqualify him. If we look at the entire Tour de France, if there was a card system, Philipsen might actually be close. If He might have Dude, had be, three yellow cards. he'd be gone. Yeah. And if, the, and if the whole team, like if, if one guy got it, if the cards counted for other people in the team, see well, ya. <laughs> that's a very difficult system to follow, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, you're right. Ancorn bridged to the breakaway, but not entirely. He kind of like got very close. Then Kampenarts waited from the first three and bridged the last gap with him, which I like that. I enjoyed seeing that. It's something else. It doesn't happen often. There's a risk to it. <laughs> if Kampenarts drops and they both can't get to the breakaway anymore and they just put that there, then, then you lost both of them. But they clearly knew what they were doing and they got to the breakaway and maybe they lost five seconds in the breakaway, but they gained a rider that could work from that point onwards after a bit of recovery. But hey, gap time. 60k to go, 40 seconds. Controllable, right? Plenty of teams still chasing, still, still the same ones as at the start. 30k to go, a minute. So the gap went up in the last 30k, Borai joining the chase. And that's when we start actively seeing teams joining the chase. We see five kilometers later, gap goes down to 55 seconds, 20 kilometers to go, 48 seconds. Jayco keeps adding riders. And then a legend comes to the front. The most <laughs> legendary actions of Julien Alaphilippe in this Tour de France and maybe in his life so we're good. in the last 20 kilometers <laughs> in the stage you can explain oh my god and this is listen this won't earn you many friends either what he did yeah I do not consider this to be dirty he's not endangering anybody correct he's getting he gets in the middle of so there's a rotation right so all the teams and this is why the breakaway was so smart because they really start to drive it later with Campanats um i think you know Encorn was there with a lot of sprint option the break maybe was playing a little bit and they start to speed up the the other sprint teams are trying to keep guys they, they don't want to put as many resources to the front as possible so they all have one guy there from dsm trek bora and co and alfleet infiltrates this group and rotation and you they shouldn't be letting him infiltrate it but he infiltrated it because he's a great bike handler and maybe they forgot that he had us up the road and then he gets to the front Conrad, say, for example, flicks the guy behind him to pull through. It's Alphalete. And he just <laughs> pedals at 200 so watts. The, the, breakaway gains, you gain a, the breakaway gains over a second every time that happens. Over the a second. The best part was when Skjelmoz was at the front. This is like the last 10 kilometers. Sörenkra Andersen Skjelmoz had been doing some work together, basically. They were getting desperate at that point. The gap was roughly 25 seconds. And Sörenkra Andersen goes off the front. Skjelmoz is there. And Ella Philippe's in the wheel of Skelmos, like looking over his shoulder. And I'm like, shit's about to go down. Skelmos goes out the front. He looks to the left. Ala Philippe looks to the right. They stare each other in the eyes. It's <laughs> a moment that I laughed so hard when I saw that. And Skelmos went back on the front. <laughs> and the clerk was doing it. He, the clerk could only do it about one time. And he's like, oh, I'm done. Um, <laughs> probably he didn't like getting shouted at by Helperson because I think he's a really, really nice guy. But and it was great. Not just the. Alaphilippe do like the, the subtle blocking in that sense. He was also like talking to people in the trains. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was trash talking them I in the sense he, of like... No, they, he was on the radio <laughs> saying they're done. They're done, Casper. For sure. He said it afterwards. He was like pepping up being like, they got one guy left. And I knew. So when the gap comes down to 25, you're like, oh, breakaway's no good. But then you're like, Conrad's been pulling for 10Ks. Søren Kras been pulling for 10Ks. Trek are nowhere all of a sudden. Jaco have decided to stop pulling. Mistake. and. Yeah. Conrad and Sir and Cry go, it gap goes from 19 to 25 again. I'm like, you can't, because this is the, the, the problem. All the sprint teams want to try and conserve their train. And then Alpelson is suddenly like, oh shit, 
got to put guys together. Bora put Pollitt. Now, Pollitt really destroyed this gap. And I was yeah. like, oh, he might have been good from the breakaway. Has he, has he won a stage like this in the Tour de France before? It'd be, I'd be curious to know. Mm. Um, Tomorrow, he's got. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I thought tomorrow he probably will go in the breakaway. But anyway, he starts pulling. He shreds the gap. Vingegaard's there. Second wheel. Van Bala's in front of him with Benoit. They're not going to pull to catch the breakaway. Now, I was talking to Luke. Like, does Vingegaard really need to ride for the 3Ks? Wouldn't the safest thing to actually increase... Because the only way he loses the tour is he crashes, right? Yeah, he yeah. should ride one minute, one minute behind the peloton each day. Today and tomorrow. <laughs> With just three guys side by side in the last 20Ks. He should. Probably, I'm being serious. I think he's also thinking, oh, I want, I want to beat this Nibali gap historically. Possibly. Maybe he thinks Pogacar will attack him. Anyway, Pollitt rips it to 10 <laughs> seconds, but now, beautiful stuff. France TV say, we want a breakaway win today. And listen, I know the motorbikes are a problem. And if, if the motorbikes made a rider I didn't like win, I'd complain about it being unsporting. But today, the motorbikes <laughs> went in front of the breakaway and they gave, and they had two motorbikes behind them. Pelton had no motorbike. I was like, they're not catching them. <laughs> it was the Benjamin Thomas situation of last year. Beautiful moto action um, in front of Casper Asgren. And it's all a mess behind. I, I can't really definitively say exactly what was going on from 3Ks to 1K to go. I know Jayco moved up. I can. Oh, you can all, then you're best place to do so. So basically, Paulette was still doing the lead out, and he brought it down to 10 seconds, to 9 seconds, to 8 seconds, and then we see at 800 meters to go, the switch in the front of the race. And that's when Alperson moves up, and Alperson moves to the front. So Alperson basically with two guys in front of Philipson from that point onwards, which is Ricard and Van der Poel. With 800 meters to go, and let's be honest, the gap was large enough with 700... 600 meters to go where I was like, I'm confident the breakaway wins, especially because of that master pull by Victor Campanarts. Because that was, that was insane. Yeah, it was like, Campanarts just laid it all on the line for Ancorn. Uh, and of course, you know, that does mean that Asgren gets to benefit from that, but that's life. Yeah. Asgren's also worked hard, in the, that's life, you know? Yeah. And listen, Lotto are not going to get a better result than, the worst they can get is third. Yep. The worst they can get is third, and they're not going to get a, th a top three on this stage from the, from the peloton today. So, you know, they did what they had to do. Cambonath's outstanding. Jayco, I don't know why Bahrain started riding. I think it was for Nicky Assant. I think, I think Astana so. were going for Bol, um, who did end up coming sixth. But yeah, the breakaway, only they work seamlessly. They only start finessing, not really because they were carrying a lot of speed. Mm -hmm. So they were still going at 50. About 450 to go. And they did have the margin because the break, the sprint teams were gone. They're tired. Asgren opens it up early. Like is this reminded me of his, his RVV 2021 sprint. Yeah. Early, strong sprint after a hard day on a little uphill. And he just kept sprinting, kept sprinting, kept sprinting. Because I think Enkorn did a good sprint in his wheel, but Asgren just never sat down. And he yep. keeps the Wolfpack's streak alive. Saving somewhat their Tour de France ahead of Enkorn, a valiant second. And, and exciting for Enkorn, you know, you know, stick it to Philipson, who tried to bully him out of getting it, bridging across. He comes second on the stage. Abrahamson third. Philipson leads the peloton over for fourth, uh, not catching the breakaway. Pedersen fifth, Bowles sixth, Mayer seventh, uh, Trenton eighth, and Laporte ninth. So the two GC teams, they let those guys have a crack today. Mossado tenth, Christoph eleventh. So, you know, look at, you, you know X. 
yeah, Christoph would have ended up coming eighth, but now they've got a third and an 11th. I'll take that. Du Bois 12th, Strong 13th. And you know, Gronewegen, 17th. Was it not worth putting Durbridge or Mezgetz in the breakaway, do you reckon? 17th. I think it would have been worth it. Binium, I think every 19th. team except Alperson should have done it. DSM, Sam, 20th. Yeah. And I know he's saying, well, you don't try if you don't know. Okay, we know That's now. Bullshit. We know, like, we've had many sprints now. We know. Yeah. Binny, exactly. Binny can't do it right now. The thing with the sprint as well is, like, yeah, Philipson. I do want to say when it comes to the stage, Philipson as a sprinter, best sprinter in the world. But it sucks so much that it's overshadowed by their behavior, right? And it kind of feels good that the breakaway won ahead of Philipson after yeah, that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> everyone was, <laughs> everyone was, you check the, the pulse of Twitter, which, you know, is a risky thing to do. I try not to do too often, but <laughs> for once I was in agreement with it. It seemed like everybody wanted the breakaway to win. And it, it is fantastic to see a break like this win. It only happened in the Giro with um, DeMarkey and Clark. Imagine if Ancorn won after that. That, that's what I really wanted, but I was also happy for Asgren to win. Yeah, yeah. Or Abrahamson. Or Abrahamson. I didn't, you know, but yeah, Inkhorn winning would have been really, really poetic, but it still was poetic somewhat. I mean, Philipson still has four stages, so it's not like yeah. he's short of uh, Tour de France stage wins, but yeah, I, I enjoy the finish to this. Um, this, is, uh, this is why Campenards deserved his Belgian World Championships spot, because this guy has actually been really fucking good this Tour de France. Like, yeah. he's been in breakaways, he's been pacing all the time, and, like, that's the kind of stuff the Belgian team needs in Glasgow as well from him. He needs to be there to help out. He's obviously not a leader, so... Uh, I enjoyed seeing that today as well, and I'll explain it's also... It's good that it paid off for tomorrow as well, because we've spoken about tomorrow a little bit, we'll go into the profile in a second, but today must show to all these teams that have fucked up once again today by not being in the breakaway that tomorrow they should. Right. Oh my God! Like, come on! If if it's not obvious to, I mean, it was already obvious, I but agree. if it's not obvious to you now, like, Alberson can't can't control. Uh, I don't know. Four they riders. can't control an urban cavoodle in in Kensington, London, that basically <laughs> will cavoodle. do whatever you say. Yeah, they can't even control that at the breakaway. So <laughs> they have to, you know, put him under a little bit of pressure. Or also, Philipson's just too good. Like, okay, as much as he maybe lost himself a couple of fans today he still cleaned up the sprint yeah behind easily. like he, he cleaned everybody up and i you i don't expect that to change so yeah um but i'm good happy for lotto and happy for for quickstep especially as they've had a very you know very challenging tour and i think alaphilippe's actually a really good teammate that's why i always took issue with lefebvre criticizing him yeah. after he he, you know, he was good for Remco and the Volta. Anyway, tomorrow's stage uh, from Morat en Montagne to Poligny, it is 173 k's. It's lumpy. Uh, one category four, 2k, 6% in the first 20 k's, and just lumpy, uncategorized climbs all day, big ring stuff. And then the Côte d'Ivory, that's how it's pronounced, learn French, 2.3 k's, 6.2%, 30 k's from the finish for a descent, and the run. I don't know who's going to win this stage. I think hmm. a, a breakaway a breakaway goes. Has Magnus Court been saving his bullets for this stage a la Wout Pools in the, Mate, you know, the mountain stage? I don't trust Magnus Court at all, this Tour de France, because really? this guy has been invisible for me the entire time. So but that I was just in the like, Giro too. I kind of feel one. like he doesn't have it. 
at the moment. Mm. I'm I'm worried about him in that sense. I I'm more leaning towards maybe an Israel few riders that will go in the breakaway. Like I bet Corbin Strong will try and go in the breakaway. Nylons will try and go in the breakaway. That kind of duo. Maybe Hugo Ul will will go in the breakaway. Simon Clark. Two of those four riders I think will be in the break. Ah. Jayco should have some riders in the breakaway, but who? That's a good question. Craddock, maybe Almar Reinders for once, because the dude's an engine. He just has to live in the train all the time. And there's so many riders on all these teams, and Lotto will try again, right? Kampenarts will try again tomorrow, yeah. I bet you. Ainkorn will try again tomorrow. Maybe injured Maxim von Hills will try and get in the breakaway. But Aaron Baru. Yeah, there's so many teams that will try and go in this breakaway, and... I don't know, I'm, I kind of want to lean towards Corbin Strong because he's a nice guy and the, that's the only reason, but... Oh. The climb, he's a guy that, with an engine. I think a big break's going to form, but, Kung? you know... I mean, if Stefan Kung doesn't get in the break tomorrow, then I'm sorry. Like, what, what is this Tour de France? Yeah. He left the Giro early when there were good break stages for him afterwards. Fuck and it, now Kung there's going to be some hitters in the break tomorrow. I think Morich wins, um, or okay. Fred Wright. I think Bahrain, they've won two stages. They know how to win stages from the breakaway. Yeah. I, I think that 2.3K, 6.2% climb is, yeah, it's not easy. And it, it's something that after a decently hard day in the break, someone like Wright or Morich can get separation on. I think it creates a smaller group of three riders from the breakaway. And or maybe even solo, and then they have a teammate marking behind. And I think, yeah, one of Wright or Morich wins. I'd be inclined to go with Morich, uh, but I think Laporte will be in the break. Trentine will be in the break. Nah. Binny really, Binny will be in the breakaway too. I, I hope. Vanderpool wins tomorrow from the breakaway. I mean, yeah, if he gets in the break, it'd be very difficult to beat. But he'll if need you're a teammate. Alpesin, don't you counter the fact that you don't believe you can control it by putting Vanderpool in the breakaway and Philipson. Just put him in the break. <laughs> Why not? They're, every breakaway rider will be like, fuck you, Philipson, why are you here? He can win from this. <laughs> so, I think it's going to be a big, so funny. big rouleau break. Maybe even Poggy. Classics riders. Um, yeah, I'm going Vanderpool. Okay, you got Vanderpool. I forgot who I picked. I picked a Bahraini. Um, that's all from us today. Sprint stage. Very hot conditions. We'll be back with the... Maybe it's a sprint tomorrow. <laughs> Bunch sprint. Anything else from you, Benji? Yes, I want to announce that I'll be uploading a video on my channel in a few minutes, just after this podcast, where I, uh, I won my first Zwift race, made a video about it, so if you want to check it out, it's on the Benji Nelson YouTube channel, subtle plug at the end of this podcast. All right, make sure you go and check that out and see Benji suffering on Zwift and getting the dub, unlike Philipson today. Hope you enjoy the podcast as always. We'll see you the recap of stage 18 tomorrow. No, 19. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 